Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and to get an update on economics, markets, and other topics of interest for institutional investors. Each podcast, I'm joined by QIC's Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Alison. And it looks like our run of good weather up here in Brisbane's come to a somewhat of an end. Had a couple of rainy days there, but... <laughs> In these in these period of these times of El Nino uh, and just in these times generally, rain's quite a precious commodity, isn't it? I agree, indeed, agree, indeed. But Matthew, on to economics, perhaps. This week we had the RBA meet, obviously an important meeting for all of us here in Australia, and they held rates steady at 4.1%, so probably to the relief of many mortgage holders. And that was following softer-than-expected retail sales data that came out last week. And that was the piece of information that you were waiting on, Matthew, at our last podcast. That was going to be the uh, the decider as to which side of the fence that you were on. And I think post that data, your view was that they would hold, and indeed they did hold, as we said. But the market agreed with you. The market really was not factoring in much for price rise, but many economists were actually factoring in that there would be a rate hike this cycle. Why is there a difference, do you think? Well, I think economists were looking at two pieces of data that the uh, RBA is really centred on, and that's the inflation data. And we had the uh, Q2 inflation report come out, and that was weaker than expected. And those that gave us a, a high weight to the inflation report were the ones that tended to err for the pause call. Then there were others that were really looking at the labour market data, the other really strong bit of data that the RBA has been concentrating on. The RBA has been flagging that they're worried about unit labour costs, which in part is driven by high wage growth, which in part, of course, Alison's driven by how strong the labour market is. And we got a really strong labour market report. So I think mm. most economists sort of split on those two things. And because the labour market report could argue was a bit stronger relative expectations and the weakness in the inflation report, I think you saw the majority of uh, economists uh, for the rate hike side of things. What we did, as you know from our last week's QPod, we thought that those two factors were reasonably well balanced, evenly balanced. But what we took account of, I think, more so than others, and probably this is what the market's looking at too, is that the RBA has signaled to us carefully that what they're waiting in, the pause that they had in the last meeting back in July, was that they're waiting to see the data. They're waiting to see how the rise in interest rates that they've already implemented are affecting the economy. And so that's why we put more weight on the retail's sales report, because there was your buster to get this sort of balanced outlook between mm. inflation and, and the labour market. And that was telling you that for you know that there's ongoing weakness in the consumer. Of course, the consumer's been driving the economy. So us that retail's data were a bit of a bellwether to look at the broader health of the economy. That looked weaker than expected. So we went for on hold. And of course, you know, the Q2 second quarter data, which is more comprehensive for retail sales than the monthly data that we got last Friday, that's really verified that weakness in consumer spending. Well done on making the right call, Matthew, and well done to the team as well. Thank you. You're listening to Alison Hill and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where I'm discussing markets and economics with Dr. Matthew Peter. So Matthew, where to from here? Asking you for the next call. Are we at the peak? There does seem to be some people thinking that perhaps we're done. But there's others out there with another 25 and other forecasters with another two hikes on the horizon. Where are we headed? Well, there's no doubt growth is going to weaken from here. That's not an issue. The question is, how weak will the growth be and what will be the consequences you know, for inflation and for the labour market in particular? 
Also, if we look at the labour market, even though growth is slowing and the unemployment rate will back up, because we're going to avoid recession, I don't think the unemployment rate will back up quickly enough to put a cap on wage growth breaking through, say, 4% by the end of the year. And in the midst of falling productivity, Alison, that means we'll see virtually no fall in the annual growth rate in unit labour costs from current levels, which are around 8%. Now, a unit labour cost growth rate consistent with inflation at 2.5% is somewhere between 2 and 2.5%, not 8%. So the big potential risk is that these high unit labour costs feed into the service inflation, which is already elevated, and that really is what could drive the RBA to another further rate hike. They'll need to do that to quell demand to take pressure off services inflation. Now, will they go next September? Well, the RBA is still data-driven at this stage, and there's still a lot of data to come before the September meeting. So will they go in September or not? Ask me in a couple of weeks' time. And I'll <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you'll keep us waiting. I'll keep you waiting for a little while. Look, I just want to change tack for a minute, move away from the rainy shores of Brisbane towards the U.S., So another really important development this week in the US, it's ongoing to some extent, is market action for bond yields, particularly following the ADP numbers, which are a leading indicator of what's happening in the labour market. We've got US payrolls data coming out tonight. And what that ADP data is showing is really strong growth in the labour market. And perhaps adding to that, and perhaps even more importantly, is the announcement of a substantially higher level of bond issuance by the US Treasury. And the combination of those two factors contributed to Fitch ratings actually lowering sovereign US credit rating by one level to AA+. Now, this mix of data actually saw 10-year bond yields increase quite sharply, I think, you know, somewhere around 15 basis points. And at the turn, it seems to have rattled equity markets a little in the States, which are off by about one and a half percentage points. So where do you see things heading there in, in, in financial markets in the US? Yeah, thanks, Matthew. I think it has been like a one of those things that maybe was a little bit of a pause for thought for the markets. The markets had been, as we talked about, by and large on a pretty strong upward trajectory really since their lows in May. But we have seen a bit of a pullback. And I think it's really that realisation that perhaps, you know, maybe things are priced a little bit too finely, a little bit too much for perfection. As everyone's factoring in this soft landing, you know, the fact that there's, you know, that the interest rates are under control, we won't see any more rises or there's not much priced in for further hikes. So we did see stocks pull back, particularly some of those higher PE stocks as they were factoring in that they might need to be thinking about the fact that interest rates actually could potentially be higher for longer. So the markets, the bond markets, while they've taken out the rate cuts for 2023, they are still factoring in 100 basis points of rate cuts in 2024. So, you know, a pretty quick trajectory of cuts from here. So if that doesn't happen, that could really put a bit of a, you know, a bit of a rocket under the markets in terms of, I guess, nervousness about pricing. And I think that's what we had a little bit of a realisation of over the last couple of days. Yeah, well, I think the time for a more pronounced correction than what we've just been seeing in equity markets may already be upon us, Alison. And with the markets now having taken out any chance of a rate hike over the remainder of the year. And as you said, you know, there's still the rate cuts being factored in 100 basis points seems a lot for next year. So I get a sense that if there's any blowback at all over that sizable Fed easing that's priced in over 2024, we could see equity markets come under continued pressure. Well, I think that's right. I mean, I think that there is definitely downside risks when you look at it from that perspective in that, 
you know, even if we don't get a recession, even if we do get that soft landing, there is still certainly going to be a slowing in the economy. And that slowing in the economy is likely to see a slowing in earnings. But that is not what's being factored in by analysts. But what the bond markets are factoring in is really that there's going to be a pretty decent recession. The fact that you need to cut by 100 basis points so quickly, or at least that's one interpretation of it. So it appears that equities and bonds are a little bit differing in their path. I kind of tend to look at it and go that I think that the balance of risks are to the downside. But that being said, and to be fair, I need to comment that, you know, the earnings season has been travelling along well in the US. Um, this, yep. And we just had overnight uh, Amazon and Apple, some of the big tech stocks, and they beat expectations again. Not by a lot, but they did beat expectations. So, look, there is reasons for confidence in the market to some degree, but that sort of imbalance is something that we're watching very closely from our perspective. So again, it's a story of the markets. The analysts have one view of the world or a sort of like a Goldilocks view of the world and us economists have a somewhat more pessimistic view, you know, a sharper slowdown in the US economy. We'll see who's right. That will influence those equity markets, as you point out. Absolutely. Matthew, thank you for joining me again today. And thanks also to our listeners for taking 10.